we've begun a, a, a series um, entitled A Greater Than. You'll find in Scripture that on several occasions Jesus was asked the question, are you greater than? On other occasions it said that he was greater than. And so I'm just using those um, phrases as a sort of a stepping stones to our studies. We saw last week Jesus was asked the question, are you greater than our father Abraham? And we saw that he was greater in the, in the covenant. He was greater in faith. And Abraham was the father of a nation. And Jesus is the father of the church, made up of every kindred, tongue, and nation. And we compared the two and saw how Jesus was far greater than Abraham. Abraham did a great job, don't get me wrong. Flawed like us all, but great job. But Jesus was greater. And this evening, I'd like us to look together in Matthew 12 um, at when... Jesus has been greater than Jonah. Now, I feel sorry for Jonah because um, when we think of Jonah, we always seem to think of the fish or the whale, don't we? In fact, on the little um, advert we sent out, I put, it's more than a fishy story. I thought that was rather clever. Obviously, you didn't, but anyway, I thought it was rather clever. And um, I'm fascinated by this. Of all the prophets... Why was Jonah picked out? Are you greater than Isaiah? Are you greater than Jeremiah? Are you greater than Elijah? There were so many, but no. One of the minor prophets, and it's called a minor prophet, not because they're inferior, but they're just smaller books. Jonah was picked out. So let me read you from um, Matthew 12 and verse 38. And some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, that's Jesus, Teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days in the nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah and now one greater than Jonah is here. Well, Jesus explains really the main reason he is greater than. Like all preachers, I'll, I'll expand it a little bit, okay? Um, and Jesus uses the picture of Jonah being in the well for three days and being spewed out, and also using it as an illustration coming up when Jesus would be buried and would rise on the third day. So before we go any further, we've got to acknowledge what's said here straight away, that Jesus was greater than Jonah because he wasn't just in a whale. He didn't die in the whale, although some preachers may feel it. I personally don't think he died in the whale. Uh, I think he survived it and was spewed up, and uh, he went into Nineveh to preach after the second call of God to him. But he came back and he preached. Of course, the big difference is, I believe that Jesus, of course, he died and rose again. So Jonah subsequently died. When Jesus rose, he lived in an everlasting life. He would never more die again. So Jesus, very simply, and I suppose we could all go home now, but we're not. We could just say, in that context alone, Jesus is greater than Jonah. Jonah was three days in a, a whale or a fish, but Jesus was three days 
in paradise, then he rose again, and he now lives in the power of an endless life. But the comparisons between the two, I think, are very important. He wasn't just greater than Jonah in the sense of his resurrection. He was greater than Jonah in so many other ways. And now I'm going to turn over to the book of Jonah. First of all, God came to Jonah with a message. It says there in the first verses of chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. And so this is the first context really I'd like to add to where Jesus is greater than Jonah. Jonah was asked to go to Nineveh and preach against it. It was a very wicked place. It was an Assyrian city. Um, not knowing who might be listening to this, on, I can't go through the terrible things that were associated with the Assyrians and what they would do. I believe it was Nineveh was such a huge city, they actually had chariot racing on the walls. It's a, 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 a metropolis of people. In fact, we know how many were there. There was 120,000 people. Now, when we think of the great cities in our world today, that doesn't sound a lot, but in Bible days, 120,000 people was a tremendous number. And Jonah was very simply, he was a prophet, he was a preacher. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh, preach against it, because their wickedness has come up before me, but Jonah ran away. Why did he run? Very simply, Jonah did not want them to repent. He thought they deserved whatever they got coming to them. God was giving him a chance to repent. Jonah wasn't prepared to do that. Jonah was a, a confident preacher. We know from the end of the story that the city turned to God. Talk about mass evangelism. 120,000 people in this Assyrian city turned to God and repented from the royal palace right the way down. Even the animals got involved. Although they didn't repent. They were part of the repentance. And yet Jonah didn't want to do it. He felt they deserved what they had coming to them. They were a cruel people. I often use the illustration, you know, if I had an opportunity to witness to Adolf Hitler in the bunker in Germany at the end of the war, would I have wanted him to give his life to Jesus? Or would I have said, that boy deserves everything he's got coming to him? Gospel's got to be preached. Our responsibility is not to decide who hears the gospel. Our responsibility is to share the gospel and allow the Holy Spirit then to work in people's lives. And so Jesus was a greater than Jonah in the sense that he did not run away. You know, we're told it was a great city, and yet Jonah did not want them to come to a place of repentance before God. When we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't run away. The Bible says that he set his face as a flint to go to Jerusalem. There was no question about it. When the words went up that we hear echoing in Isaiah 6, who will go for us? Isaiah stepped forward and said, here am I, Lord, send me. And in the same way, Jesus the Son, the eternal Logos of God, heard the same words from the Father, who will go for us? Who will go down to the earth, become a man, live amongst them and die a sinless life for them? Jesus said, here am I, send me. So Jesus was greater than Jonah in the fact that he obeyed God and he went. Oh, there were challenges. We know in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
He said, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. And so he was greater than, uh, Christ was greater than Jonah in his resurrection. Christ was greater than Jonah in his obedience to God. Secondly, Jonah showed no compassion. He just ran away. I said, I'm not going to go. I'm amazed at his faith. As a one who speaks quite regularly, I always, first of all, I'm always thinking, well, Lord, will you do anything tonight through my ministry? And, um, you know, that's the way, I think that's probably a healthy place to be, personally. But Jonah was so confident that if he preached, they'd repent. He ran away. Now, I'd probably have gone to Nineveh, preached, and nobody had repented. But he was so confident in the message. He was so confident in the grace of God that he thought, if I go and preach, I know what's going to happen. They're going to repent. So he lacked compassion towards them. He said, no, I want them to suffer judgment for their wickedness. Please be in no doubt they were wicked. They deserved what had coming to them. But then so did I deserve what was coming to me. But the grace of God came into my life. My sins were forgiven. And one who could easily have been an inhabitant of Nineveh came to faith in Jesus Christ. And my sins were forgiven through his compassion. He did not want to do God's will. He ran away. He ended his days in bitterness. He entered his days in bitterness. Tells us he sat there and he was bitter because of what had happened. He felt that God had not done things correctly, not the way he felt they should be. Friends, we must guard our hearts. Jesus did not enter into bitterness. Even though on the cross, after he had been scourged, after the false accusations, after the crown of thorns, after all the horror of crucifixion, he hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. His heart was clear. May I just say to you, don't let bitterness into your life. The Bible said it can become a root and things where the root grow. Bitterness doesn't get stop growing. It doesn't get smaller on its own. It only gets bigger. You've got to take it out. You've got to dig out that root and get rid of it and allow the grace of God to come into your life. Or you say, you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't know. But then I don't know what you did to offend a loving God and he has forgiven you. And he has forgiven me. And we have a responsibility then to come and to forgive others. So we find that throughout his ministry, Jesus was greater than Jonah. In his obedience to the call, he went, he came to this earth to be a saviour. In his compassion that he died for the world. Um, In doing God's will, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. He didn't end in bitterness but he allowed, he lived to see the travail of his soul, the Old Testament says, which meant he lived to see the joy. His joy is that you and I who are Christians here tonight are part of his family and we're part of what we would call the church. And by the church, we don't just mean this congregation or our denomination, all those who've come to faith in Christ. We have a couple of little clues here that will help us, I think, with regards to this matter of repentance is important. We're told there that Nineveh 
repented of their sins. It says there, when Jonah arrived there, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim the message I have given you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed 40 more days and Nineveh would be overturned. The Ninevites, listen to this, the Ninevites believed God. Do you know, our coming to faith in Christ begins with our believing in God. Jonah went there having had the experience of the fish, having had the experience of God's word coming to him the second time. He's now walking in obedience. And for those four, he preached those days. He journeyed through the city. And it tells us there that they believed God. The Ninevites believed God and they declared a fast. And all of them from the greatest to least put on sackcloth. When news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. He issued a proclamation in Nineveh by decree. It, and then we have that decree there. It says there, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let every beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. That's a clue to why they're wicked. Who knows? that God may relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so we will not perish. What a prayer of repentance. And then it says in verse 10, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and not, did not bring upon him the destruction he had threatened now, that is an amazing thing. Through the preaching of Jonah, the city turned to God. Through the preaching of Jonah, the royal family turned to God. Through the preaching of Jonah, they repented. And it says there, when God saw what they did. See, repentance can be seen. That's the word I like here. When he saw what they were doing, because they were fasting, they were putting sackcloth and ashes on, it was quite obvious that they were doing that. And that's what repentance is. When we come to Christ, we change. We acknowledge that we've been walking in this way. And repentance means to turn around, a very simplistic uh, interpretation, but we start to walk the other way. And God saw that and he had compassion on them. So although Jonah the first time didn't, showed no compassion, God showed compassion there are people in my life that have not shown compassion to me, but God always has. And maybe whether you're listening uh, online or um, even in the service line, and you're not a Christian, it begins by believing God, believing that Jesus Christ died for you and is your saviour. And by repenting, saying to God, I understand. Now we're not gonna hand out some sackcloth and ashes at the end of the service. But in our hearts, we say, Lord, I've been going the wrong way, the wrong way. I want to go your way. As a teenager, not far from here in South Harrow, I had that experience. I realised I was going the wrong way. And I turned, I repented. 
I wouldn't have known what I was doing. I just knew that what I was doing was wrong and I needed God's grace and God's mercy and God's forgiveness. And so returning back to Matthew, if I may, we see there the story again, okay? It says there, for Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish. So the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, okay? Now, Jesus went to paradise when he died for three days. And um, that is in the upper area where the Abrahams and the Jacobs were kept until the general resurrection that will come. That's another study for another time. So the son of man... The men of Nineveh, now don't forget, these were the Pharisees and teachers. They'd come to Jesus and they said, we want to see a miracle. Show us a miracle and we'll believe in you. I, I ask you, if Jesus was the Messiah, would they have, if they believed that, they wouldn't have spoken to him like that, first of all. You know, do a trick, do a turn, do a bit of a Paul Daniels. For those of you from abroad, Paul Daniels was a magician in this country who was very well known. You know, do some sort of trick for us. And they came. And they said there, the Pharisees said, teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. And he uses the words from Jonah about that generation. He says, a wicked and adulterous generation asked for a miraculous sign. Goodness me, these were the Pharisees. Oh, they kept the law. They wouldn't go to work on a Sabbath. They wouldn't journey too far. They would keep the law. And here Jesus is declaring, lumping them, I believe, with Nineveh, who were wicked and sinful. In fact, he goes on to say that in the last day, it says there, the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. In other words, you think you're spiritual. You think you're holy. Well, let me tell you now, when the judgment comes, it's great to know that Jesus speaks here about judgment, because some people forget there will be a judgment. He actually says, that the people of Nineveh will stand up and say, well, at least we repented. At least we knew we were sinful. At least we did works that showed we were repentant. But the Pharisees and others were locked into their religion, their rule keeping. You see, it's, it's relatively simple to keep the rules. I find it a bigger challenge to live for Jesus every day. Because his expectations of me are far higher, not in a judgmental sense, but having given me his Holy Spirit, having given me his word, the facilities I have before me, having the church and friends to support me, how much more? And he actually says that on the judgment day, the men of Nineveh will stand up with uh, this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Now a greater than Jonah is here. So with Jonah's preaching, 120,000 came to faith. I don't imagine anywhere that number have come to faith in the many years that I've been preaching. You know, that, that's, that's a fact. I'm not, you know, you know, not trying to be humble. It's just a fact of life. But his preaching brought about a city. People would say, well, wow, that is amazing. You know, okay, he was disobedient. But then the story of the fish, and then he came, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Again, that's an encouragement to any here who may have grown cold with the Lord. He comes to you again. 
There's always something God's got for you to do. Now, don't come up to me at the end of the service and said, what do you think it is? I haven't the faintest idea. But I know he has something for you to do. Hence, you're part of a fellowship. You're part of what he's sharing in this way. But they will stand at the judgment in that way for a greater than Jonah's here. Because when Jonah preached, the people repented. But history teaches us that Nineveh was later judged. But the great thing about when you come to faith in Christ, coming to faith in Christ isn't a matter just of repentance. It's a matter of transferring your trust from yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that gospel was not available to Jonah to preach. But they went as far as they could and they repented and they did what they could. And they were spared the judgment. God said, 40 days and I'm going to deal with you. But because they repented, God said, I won't. And that's the same in my life and all those of us are Christians. God has said to us, that it's appointed unto man once die and then the judgment. But having repented and put our faith in Christ, we are exempt from that. Is it because we don't sin? Um, sadly, we do still sin. But the grace and the mercy of God is available to us in that way. So he was a greater than Jonah in his obedience that he went the first time. God didn't have to come to Jesus twice for him to come to earth. He was greater than Jonah because he had compassion for the lost, whereas Jonah said they deserve what's coming to them. He was greater than Jonah, for Jonah was three days in the fish and came out and preached and the city repented. But Jesus came out and preached and the church of Jesus Christ worldwide and through history has been in existence from that well over 120,000 people, I can assure you. Just one little point of interest. David Pawson, who's a very well-known Bible teacher in our country, sadly he's gone to be with the Lord now, uh, has he? Oh, that's good. I was about to put him in heaven too early. He says this. He said that when Jonah was in the whale, he actually believed Jonah died, but I don't. He's probably right, but he's not here, so I'm going to say I'm right, okay. He said that Jonah got bleached when he was in the fish's tummy. Any of you heard this before? No, that's good. That, and this is David Porton, great Bible teacher, please. I cannot applaud him too much for his teaching. But he said that when Jonah was in the whale, the gastric, gastric juice, am I putting any of you off your fish and chips when you go home? The gastric juices of the fish or the whale or whatever it was, bleached him. And that when he went preaching in Nineveh, he was white, uh, white as that sheet of paper. You know, he was that very white, you know, and people thought he was a ghost. Now, I don't know if that's true. When I get to heaven, I'm going to look for Jonah. He will stand out in a crowd if that happened. And I will buy him a cup of tea. Well, I know it's free, so that's why I'm saying I'll buy it. But that's an interesting thing, that even his time in the whale was in preparation for him going to Nineveh and part of that. What Jonah experienced, God used. Time is moving on and you've listened ever so well. I am about to conclude in that way. 
We've acknowledged the repentance of Nineveh. But please, have a read of Jonah's prayer in the whale. Because he had to pray a prayer of repentance as well, which is probably more appropriate to us in our daily walks than what happened in Nineveh. So last week, a greater than Abraham, who was the father of the faithful, whereas Christ is the head of the church. Tonight we have Jonah who ran away from the will of God where we have Christ who walked in it as a set his face as a flint. Next week, we, it could possibly be Jacob, or next time, pardon me, it won't be next week. Um, it could be Jacob and um, we move on. It could be Solomon and then we have the temple and we'll look at each of those and just try and glorify and acknowledge just how superior Christ is. He is greater than Jonah. He's greater than Abraham. And you know, for me, he is the greatest because he is our Lord and our Saviour.